Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Friday and we're here with the wrestling wrap-up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Got a lot of stuff to talk about, including MJF reportedly being involved in the investigation with the backstage fight at All Out with Punk and the Elite. Some stuff on the backstage meeting that took place on Wednesday in AEW. We're going to talk about AEW injuries, pay-per-view buys, what's next for Roman Reigns, and so much more. Before we do that, I want to say thank you if you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, or if you're watching or listening later on podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. If you are watching live on Twitch, well, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like, I'm going to butcher this name, Dabig, Dabig Man recently just did for, for one month, one month tiered subscription, or you can subscribe for basically free with Amazon Prime. Actually, it could be free if you're using somebody else's Prime account, because remember, you can use anyone's Amazon Prime account, whether it's yours you're paying for or somebody else's, like your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody's Amazon Prime account. You take that Amazon Prime account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom. Your Prime Gaming. With that, you get a bunch of cool stuff like free games. And right now, right now, I would say do it because there's three really good free games. There is Shadow of Mordor. There is Football Manager 22. And there is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. All three really good free or games you can play for free. Give me one second. I'm going to look something up really fast. All right, so, yes, it's those three games. Football Manager 22, Shadow of Mordor, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. All, I haven't played, well, I've played, I think it was Football Manager 2020 that I played. Maybe it was last year's game. I can't remember. I haven't played the new 22. But I played Football Manager, like, in the last year or two. Really liked it. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, played a little bit of it. Bit of it didn't beat it. Great game. Shadow of Mordor, never played it personally, but I've watched friends play it. I watched my friend John play it before. He really loves it. So, all three games that I know are really good. Personally, from either playing or watching friends play, you know, in person, like at their home or whatever. But also remember, with your Twitch Prime, Prime Gaming subscription, you get free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here for Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there by hitting that join button down below to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember, you can get all of that, but more directly support us by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Unlimited, And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something, whether that's a new game, whether that's an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, or even now, Rumbleverse. Claim a new game. Claim a free game. 
Same an old game. Do whatever you're going to do, but don't forget, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout for all Epic Store and Epic Games purchases, whether that is on your PlayStation through the Epic Store or it's on the launchers for Rumbleverse, Fortnite, and Rocket League on your PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo Switch. Remember, PWUNLIMITED. Right there, use code PWUNLIMITED for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. But enough talk. We've got to get into the news right here, right now. Story number one has to do with, well, that big backstage fight that took place after All Out. So if you guys haven't heard and you've been living on freaking an island out in the middle of the ocean... There was a fight backstage, a legit real one between CM Punk, Ace Steel, and the Elite. The word is that, and there's still a lot of contradicting things with this, but the Elite went to go talk to Punk in his locker room. Punk didn't want to talk. The Elite then came in, and Punk and Ace Steel started getting mad. Punk apparently threw a punch at Matt Jackson. Nick Jackson then had a chair thrown at him. Kenny Omega then tried to intervene and got his hair pulled and bit. And then they say Kenny tried to save the dog and all that. And Ace Steel's wife was there. But there were also other people that tried to break it up, like Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and Brandon, uh, Brandon Cutler. Yet, there was possibly another man there that was, quote, a neutral party, I guess you can say, that witnessed the entire thing and that is MJF, according to a new report from Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Meltzer does right. Um, AEW has hired an independent firm to investigate the matter as far as the incident backstage does go. He states that MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, is believed to have, quote, seen everything as it happened. Now, the firm that has been hired to investigate this incident, will be conducting interviews with Punk, Ace Steel, Pat Buck, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and Brandon Cutler. Additionally, MJF is one of a number of, quote, neutral parties who will also be interviewed. Um, the company, as stated, has brought in a neutral, a third-party company to do these interviews. Hence, why a number of talent and backstage personnel were not brought to the show this week because A, they hadn't been interviewed, or B, they just want to keep everybody apart. It was also stated that AEW and Jacksonville Jaguars Chief Legal Officer Mega Parekh also saw most of or some of this incident go down and will also be interviewed as a neutral party as well. Things got out of hand. Other people saw it. Now they got to get questioned. But it's always good to, quote unquote, have a neutral party. Because you have neutral parties where they're not going to be biased on one side. They're gonna not going to be like, yes, the Bucks kind of. Because now that word's starting to come out is Bucks came to Punk's locker room. Punk didn't want to talk. They just walked in or whatever. Initially, we had heard stuff of they got aggressive walking into the locker room, maybe slamming open the door walking into the locker room. But now we started to hear other things where, no, no, no. They just came into the locker room. 
And so if you have a neutral party, it's not going to be somebody that is like, oh, the Young Bucks came in, like if they're on Punk's side, the Young Bucks came in all hot and heavy screaming and got right in Punk's face, da 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 And you don't have someone on the Bucks side who's going to be like, oh, no, the Bucks came in all super calm and quiet and nice and, hey, can we talk? So there's probably a happy medium of the Bucks did come in and you could tell they were hot and heated. And that's when Punk got upset and threw a punch or something. So having those neutral parties like MJF, like Mega, will be crucial in this investigation for as far as how things are handled and who is reprimanded more than others and so forth and this and that. So, I mean, I doubt MJF and Mega are the only two neutral parties. But then you also have the question of, well, why is Pat Buck not listed as a neutral party? What about Cutler and Nakazawa and Daniels? The word is that apparently the Young Bucks and Kenny, or well, the Young Bucks initially are the ones that wanted to go talk to Punk and knew that something could happen as far as like Punk could get upset and say something at a turn to them. So they wanted a number of people with them to hear, you know, what may be said or done. Hence, in turn, those people would now be listed as non-neutral parties on the side of the Young Bucks because they were brought in by the Young Bucks specifically. From what I have heard, that, I mean, of course, Nakazawa and Cutler are going to be wherever Kenny and the Bucks are. But like Daniels and Pat Buck, the word is they were asked to come with because, well, Daniels, talent relations, also HR, Pat Buck, a top guy, in as far as coaching and producing, I think he does help Daniels with some talent relations stuff. So it's like, so there's no, he said, she said they wanted those types of people, talent relations and HR people there to hear both sides. But when you're brought in by one side itself, you're no longer neutral because then the other side, punk side can then swing it and go, no, 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 no. Daniels may be head of talent relations, and he may say that he's neutral in this situation, but he was brought here. He came into the room with the Young Bucks. How do we know he's super 100% in the middle and not a little more on their side because he came in? You know what I mean? We have people that were just there and not there because they were hanging out with one side or the other, or they were brought, said, hey, come with us. We want to go talk to Punk. You got to have those neutral parties that were not brought in or they're prior hanging out, if you know what I mean. So we'll see where this all does go. There is no timetable as far as how long this investigation is going to take. And there's no word on if, you know, everyone's suspended without pay or no pay, or you're gone for this long, you're gone for this long, you're gone longer. We know Punk at least is gone for six months, if not longer, because he needs tricep surgery, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But... Yeah, it's, it's going to be a rocky road for Tony Khan here over the next couple of weeks to a month while this investigation does subside. But coming out of this incident, AEW needed to hold a talent meeting. AEW needed to hold a meeting to basically have some people talk to talent and say, hey, here's what's going down, here's what's going on, here's what we expect. And three members of the roster upheld, not upheld, but um, headed up that meeting. Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, and John Moxley as Fightful has written the following. 
Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, and John Moxley conducted a talent meeting for wrestlers, managers, announcers, and referees before this Wednesday's AEW Dynamite. Details from the actual meeting are far and few and far between, as several that were to be in attendance spoke highly of it. One talent said, quote, those were the right people to call a meeting like that at the time and for it to resonate well. Everyone that we were able to speak with would only elaborate that they were encouraged to keep personal issues with one another in-house and solve, excuse me, and solve them there, as opposed to leaks that have exploded over the past couple of months. This was also stressed at previous talent meetings, including via an email that went out to several. Most of the word we got were specific reactions to the reported hosts as opposed to the meeting itself. Danielson, Moxley, and Jericho were heavily praised for, for those that we spoke to for various different reasons. Jericho, even this past weekend, was credited for stepping up as a backstage presence even more than he had previously. One young AEW talent had said to us that the resolve that Jericho showed at the press scrum after the brawl out situation happened was a great example to be set. Moxley and Danielson also seemed to be widely adored by the AEW locker room. Much of Moxley's promo after a recent title run when he said he was, quote, the answer to a lot of the problems was echoed, especially considering he was supposed to have time off. Danielson, generally friendly, funny, and a funny demeanor, also is credited as calming from one AEW talent. The word that we got coming out of the AEW Dynamite was significantly more positive than 24 hours prior. Quote, a big part of Punk's promo was about people who hadn't been anywhere or done anything, and there were three guys who had done almost everything he's done, if not more, leading the charge. It wasn't a anti-Punk or anything, but you can never have anyone say that, that they didn't do anything in this business. Or guys like Paul White, Mark Henry, Matt Hardy, or Regal, for example. We have plenty of great people to go to advice for and take direction for if needed, said one AEW original talent. Another talent said that while the situation shouldn't have happened, Eddie Kingston owning up for his role in the Sammy Guevara issue was the right way to handle it. So basically everything, and Meltzer even said the same thing, that everything felt very positive coming out of this talent meeting, that everybody that spoke at the meeting was praised as, calming everybody down and making the bad situation into a light situation, I guess you can call it. Not a great situation, but making it lighter than it was and just putting everything out there saying, hey, you got problems? Do it like this. Got issues? Handle it like this. So it is good to hear that some people in the company, at least, are trying to de-escalate things, trying to keep everybody from exploding. As one talent told me earlier this week, Hey, people seem like they're on the verge of exploding. So we'll see how it all does go and if everything can calm down backstage because there's been a number of issues, not just the one here with CM Punk and the Elite, not just the ones with Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston, but there's been a number of backstage issues that has caused some discourse within AEW and hopefully it all subsides soon. So moving on to story number three, we're going to talk about injuries in all elite wrestling. So Dave Meltzer wrote the following in the, in the wrestling observer newsletter, noting a number of different things about injuries 
starting with Thunder Rosa. Stated. Regarding the Thunder Rosa one, or regarding the Thunder Rosa injury, one of the issues is a lot of people in wrestling think she's not hurt, although we were told the back injury is legit and she stopped wrestling because of it, of the fear she would need surgery if she kept going. As noted before, because she told uh, because she told of the injury hours after being told she would be dropping the title to Tony Storm on the pay-per-view, it created a lot of conjecture about it with the Shawn Michaels in 90s comparison. But the woman's side of the promotion, while not an explosive as the men's this past week, did have dis- decisive issues regarding Rosa before the injury, and even more after, because, after that because she didn't drop it in the ring before taking the time off. There was a lot of division among many of the women and Rosa, basically the ones who made public comments, that insinuated her injury wasn't that bad or those who privately felt due to the timing of her saying her injury was serious and she'd need time off after being told she was dropping the title to Tony Storm. She does really have a back injury. That much is confirmed. As noted before, it is an injury that many people would have worked with to drop the belt in the ring. And a doctor would likely tell them they wouldn't be smart working on it. So you can see the mindset of the woman who have said... Of the women who have said that they have said public things they have said publicly like Storm and Rip Baker and how that has led to issues here. So basically it's a she's been working with the injury. What's one more match is how many are seeing this injury with Thunder Rosa. What's one more match? Even if you keep the match short, just for her to quote Drop the title to Tony Storm. Now, there has been a narrative going around backstage that she didn't want to drop the title to Tony Storm. And then all of a sudden, after she was told, oh, you're going to drop the belt, she went to the doctor. The doctor said, your back injury is worse than you think. You may need to take time off. That's when she then said, okay, I'm done. And it's not giving Tony Khan much time to really come up with an alternative plan. Come up with another way to take the title off of her or crown an interim champion or so forth and hence making just the four-way. So there's still a lot of hearsay when it comes to that and why she all of a sudden, oh, no, I can't wrestle at the pay-per-view anymore. Instead of, I'll work at Hurt when she's already been working at Hurt. This back injury has been known since Double or Nothing, if not before. And she kept working, working, working with apparently not saying much about it. People knew she had the back injury and was working through the back injury, but then all of a sudden when she's supposed to drop the belt, boom, it can't work. That's where people are upset and thinking maybe she did it so she didn't have to get beat and didn't want to put over Tony Storm. We don't know that for sure because Thunder Rosa hasn't spoken. All we do know is, A, the rumors of Thunder Rosa asking for her release are not true, and she does have a legit back injury. If we do hear anything further on that back injury, how long it's going to keep her out of action, when she can come back, unify the titles with Tony Storm, and how that all is going to go down, we'll have it for you. Because even Tony Storm made kind of a joke out of the Thunder Rosa injury because she was like, they asked her at the press conference, the scrum, hey, so, you know, John Moxley didn't like being called interim. What are your thoughts on being an interim champion? She said, it's not ideal. But when Thunder Rosa is ready to come back from being injured and say... She's not injured anymore. Again, that's Tony Storm. Under the impression of she may not be injured or as injured as she thinks she is. Going, when she's ready to 
say she's not injured anymore, then we'll do business. As far as a couple of other injuries, well, actually, yes, a couple of other injuries do go. Looks like Christian Cage and CM Punk may have suffered the exact same injury. We just don't know when both injuries were suffered. As far as CM Punk does go, CM Punk is going to need surgery for a torn tricep. It is said that CM Punk suffered his injury on a tope dive during the match with John Moxley. And you saw Punk multiple times going, grabbing it. And at one point, he grabbed the elbow and like the tricep area, you know, all of that. And then to check himself, did one push-up and then just stopped. And you can see when he does the one push-up and he comes up from it, he has this look on his face like, oh yeah, no, that's worse than I think. That's why he did that push-up. It wasn't him to take down Moxley and then go, hey, look at me. I'm Scott Steiner doing push-ups to show you I'm more powerful than you. No, that was Punk grabbing the arm and going, ow, this really hurts. Hold on, let me put some more weight on the Oh Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, no. As far as Christian does go, Christian came into his match at All Out with a big brace on the arm. It is believed that he has also suffered a torn tricep and will need surgery. Now, as far as with needing surgery does go, that is easily six months, if not longer. Some have been out for upwards of nine months with a torn tricep. At first, it was uh, feared that Punk may have suffered a torn pec, but that's not the case. It is a tricep. So both men will be out for a significant amount of time. Don't expect to see either back, at least in the ring, for the remainder of 2022. And hopefully they can come back in early 2023. But if we say six months, that would be... And that's if they have surgery in September, October, November, October, November, December, January, February, February at the earliest, these guys can come back. March, April, May, maybe they come back in May for the, um, so maybe February, March time revolution or May for double or nothing, like right before double or nothing and you set up something and this and that. So we'll follow the story very closely, let you know on these injuries. And story number five has to do with, well, Bobby Fish and his exit from All Elite Wrestling. We all know that Bobby Fish is no longer under contract with All Elite Wrestling. News came out last week that his contract was not being renewed, and we have some new news for Fightful, who did write that Bobby Fish and AEW entered contract negotiations to talk about a new deal, but they couldn't come together financially. Neither side could agree on terms of money, when it came to Bobby Fish either signing a new deal or just signing a contract extension. This then led to ultimately the two sides parting ways, and we haven't heard what's going to come next for Bobby Fish and the former multi-time world tag team champion in multiple different companies. Bobby Fish now is a free agent, 100% free agent as of August, no, September 1st. Contract is no longer under AEW. He's got no contract anywhere. He can go to WWE. He can go to... Impact. He can go to New Japan. He can go to MLW. It's just a matter of who's interested. Because as of right now, we haven't heard of any interest. I would assume WWE could be interested with Triple H over there. If it was up to me, and I was Triple H, I think one good thing that I could do to help out this tag team division is you bring in Bobby Fish, one of the best tag team wrestlers of the last 20 years. Team him up with Roderick Strong. And then have your mini reunion of Undisputed Era. Maybe you call him Undisputed Era. Maybe you call him something different. The Fish and Strong Connection. I don't know. 
but you put them together, that would be how I would do it. And, and again, I have no hearsay on any of this. Just give you my opinion. One cool thing that I would like to see. I guess that's better to say than how I would do it. One cool way I would like to see Bobby Fish brought into WWE or back into WWE, whether that is in NXT or on the main roster, would be teaming with Roderick Strong. You know that Roderick Strong may need some help against Diamond Mind or at least Damon Camp. So we'll see how that all goes with that. Before we get into our next story, we got to talk about the sponsor of this video. Sponsor of this video. I can pull it up on the screen. Wrestling Vintage. Wrestling Vintage is here to bring you guys some great-looking pro wrestling jerseys. These soccer jerseys are brought to you with themes of all different legends within the world of professional wrestling. As you see here, they have some themed after The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Nature Boy Ric Flair, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Latino Heat, Eddie Guerrero. They've also released a few new jerseys as well based off of well Kenny Omega no Omega Luke they also have different jerseys for Hollywood for Hulk Hogan and Hollywood Hulk Hogan they have uh, one for Trish Stratus they have a mankind themed jersey and so much more these jerseys are really really good they're very comfortable in the heat they breathe well I'm gonna tell you a story right here last week at my son's football game. It was like 105, 106 degrees. Freaking everyone's over there going like this, dying. And I'm like, huh, I feel pretty good. Because the way these soccer jerseys are made, they breathe well and the air flows right through them. Have you ever seen a regular soccer jersey? They've got like small, small, small little holes on them. And that allows air to flow through the jersey. And in the heat, especially here in California, it's been hot as a mother. These are actually really good to wear out in the heat because they breathe so well. So head over to WrestlingVintage.com. Use code PWU at checkout and you will get 10% off of your purchase. Again, use code PWU at checkout at WrestlingVintage.com and you will get 10% off of your purchase. So with that, as we move on forward to our next story, talk about the buys, and how well AEW did with All Out on pay-per-view. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer states that All Out this Sunday did between 135 and 142,000 buys. Now, that is not the final number, and this is only cable pay-per-view numbers. This has not anything to do with Bleacher Report Live, with Fight TV internationally, and so forth. Now, regardless if this is the final numbers or not, it's down from last year, where last year's All Out did 205,000 buys. Now, Kony Khan, in his press conference media scrum, after All Out, did kind of say that he felt like WWE could have hurt their numbers this weekend, which I'm like, no, not really. I don't think so for a number of different reasons. A, you weren't on at the same time. B, none of WWE shows, which we'll talk about that in a second, but none of WWE shows were prominently 
pay-per-view shows. They were premium live events on Peacock. And it's not like WWE. Well, I mean, I guess kind of WWE ran Worlds Collide on the same day as All Out on purpose, but that's a whole other story. But Tony Khan saying, well, you know, they ran two other shows this weekend, which is going to get people to maybe not want to buy a third. I don't think that's true. Because technically, you pay for Peacock, whether that's $5 or $10, or even free if you have Spectrum Cable or Xfinity, and then you get both of those WWE shows. It's not, okay, we're going to spend, if we're buying it here in America, $50 for the WWE show, $50 for the NXT show, and then have to pay another $50 for the AEW show. That's not what it is. Also, you're buying it off a of fight internationally, whether because you live internationally, internationally, or you're using a VPN service like Pure VPN. Fight only charges twenty bucks. Fight only charges twenty bucks for the AW pay per view. So that's a great way to go. Get a VPN and buy it off a of fight. But regardless, as far as traditional American cable pay per view does go, All Out did 135 to 142 thousand people buying now in comparison as far as the wwe number goes because tony Khan over here saying wwe kind of sabotaged us and wwe may have you know did their pay-per-view and now people are going to only want to buy theirs and not buy ours and this and that and people do still buy wwe pay-per-views here in america traditionally on pay-per-view because a number of different reasons more specifically, people I know because they don't have good enough internet for Peacock. Where I grew up, here in Central California, not in the city of Fresno where I live now, but I grew up basically 20 minutes from, 30, 30, 35 minutes from the front gate of Yosemite National Park. You know how shitty the internet is up there? You know how shitty the cell service is up there? It's bad. To the point where... you. You try to watch your Netflix, you try to watch your Peacock, you try to watch your, your HBO Max, and you watch five, ten minutes of a show, and it's going to buffer. And then you watch another ten minutes or so, and it's going to buffer again. So, people that are really invested in WWE, and, and also, most people up there, you're like, Dish Network and DirecTV. Because there is no traditional cable service up there either. It's, you get a dish. You get a dish, and there you go. Growing up, we had a dish the whole time. We had freaking DirecTV. So... Living in areas where you didn't get, get you don't get good enough internet, you, you gotta buy these shows traditionally on pay per view. And according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Clash of the Castle only did about eight thousand pay per view buys. Eight thousand. So for Tony Khan to be out there, and I'm not bashing Tony Khan here to go. Well, WWE also ran a pay per view this weekend, so maybe people didn't want to buy both. Yeah, okay. You guys did 135 to 142,000. They did four. I mean, eight. They did eight. When it comes to the people that are buying all these shows or maybe only buying one on pay-per-view, WWE did not, I guess you could say, take that much from you, if any. Going from 205 last year to 140 this year. We'll round it. Yeah, no. I really doubt that WWE played a factor in all that. I mean, heck, you want to talk about WWE shows doing well on pay-per-view, SummerSlam did 18,600 pay-per-view buys. 18,000. 
Clash of the Castle, 10,000 less. 10,000 less. So don't tell me. Oh, well, uh, you know, they ran two shows, and that could have ate into the people that wanted to buy our show. Their shows came first, so they bought their show, and then go, oh, crap, I don't have the money anymore. No. Most people bought and watched on Peacock. Because you can't even get the NXT show outside of Peacock. But for Tony Khan to be like, yeah, they sabotaged us. Maybe a little. But not in a significant way to get all upset about it. Uh, Melvin says Peacock Premium is free with Spectrum Cable Works. Finney, not premium. So there's free Peacock free that anybody can get. Anybody can get Peacock for free. There's free stuff that goes up on Peacock. I think Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s uh, Lost Speedway show is on the free version of Peacock. Then there's regular paid pre pre paid with ads Peacock. And then there's Peacock Premium. Now here's the thing that happens. If you have Spectrum Cable or Xfinity, you can link those to your Peacock account and get $5 off. So if you're paying for a $5 with ads version of Peacock, boom, $5 off, it's free. If you're paying for the premium $10 Peacock, it slices it in half. You're only paying $5 for premium no ads. That's what it is with Peacock. Yeah, Spectrum Cable. I think it's Spectrum. Let me double check. Um, Peacock. Link. I think is what it is. Yeah. Um, it is. Come on. I don't think it's going to show me because I already have. Peacock, so it may not show me, but let's just double check really fast. Yeah, I can't see if exactly if it's Spectrum, but I'm pretty sure it's Spectrum. It's I know it's Xfinity for sure because I use it, but it it takes five dollars off of your Peacock purchase. So if you're paying for the five dollar with ad version, boom, free. If you're paying for the ten dollar no ad version, five dollars which is still cheaper than the WWE Network was. Plus, you're getting all the Peacock stuff, like The Office, Live Sports, uh, King of Queens, Everybody Loves Raymond, all my, uh, Married with Children. So I, I, it's a good deal. If, you, if you've got Spectrum or, or Xfinity Cable, link your Peacock to it, and you get $5 off. Now, speaking of money, as far as, you know, pay-per-views being up, other things could be up. Talk about WWE stock here for a moment. WWE stock, according to Wolf Research and Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, is predicted to be on the up and up as Meltzer wrote the following. WWE stock may start an upswing. Wolf Research upgraded the stock to a predicted target of $98 per share. Analyst Peter Soprano, a Sapino, praised Paul Levesque's work and wrote that Vince McMahon's leaving resulted in uncertainty and led to talk of a company sale. He said that he believed the current stock price does not reflect the number that a prospective sale would be worth and wrote that with Levesque in charge as the company's newly named chief content officer, WWE's creative direction is in the hands of the best person to run around ratings and morale. He also felt that the current TV deal expires 
and that will get a large demand for the product for streaming companies, and thus the rights fees should increase. He also said, if there is going to be a sale, that 2023 is the most likely year. The stock closed on September 8th at $68 per share, giving the company a market value of $5.061 billion. So it's still in the same range as it was for weeks, but the evaluation of this company could be going up here rather soon. The WWE stock is, is expected to go up by another $30 here in the near future, which is good for everybody that owns WWE stock and good for everybody in that company. Fortunately, my dad sold his WWE stock like a year and a half ago when it started to go down. Cause I was, he's like, cause he was talking about stocks in this now. I'm like, right. So in 2014, when the network, when the WWE network came out and the stock started going up, I was like, buy WWE stock, buy it now, hold it for a little bit. It's only going to go up. And then when the, the network started plateauing and then they made the Peacock deal and then it went down a little bit, like a year ago or so. He sold it. He's like, yeah, I don't need this anymore. I'll sell it. I haven't lost too much. I'll sell it. And well, actually, no, I think he broke even on it. I think he broke even on it. Either way, he sold it. And now it's going back up from what he bought it at. So it's like, ooh, because he bought it. I can tell you exactly. I think I can tell you exactly how much he bought it at. He bought it at roughly... I want to say he bought it at under $30 a share. Let me see. Um, it was like 2015. Oh, he bought it at roughly, he bought it under $20 a share. And then sold it. You know, no, he made a profit off of it. Never mind. I was wrong. He made a profit off of it. Yeah, he sold it in 2019 around $60 a share when it started going down. So yeah, you should have stuck with it. So WWE stock is expected to go up by almost $30 here shortly. No timetable was given as to how quickly they think it's going to get to that $98 mark, but it is expected to hit that. So if you have WWE stock, don't sell. Don't sell. Don't be like my dad and go, up. Oh, it's going down. Ah, screw it. I don't need this one anyways. He's got other stocks that do well, like Red Oak and stuff. So it's all good. As far as our final news story does go, it has to do with the big dog, the head of the table, the tribal chief, the WWE, the undisputed WWE universal heavyweight champion, Roman Reigns. Now next, for WWE is Extreme Rules. The pay-per-view will be taking place on, I want to say, October 8th. Extreme Rules 2022 will be taking place on October 8th. And well, unfortunately, Roman Reigns is not expected to be working that show as Dave Meltzer wrote the following. Reigns is not on Extreme Rules on October 8th in Philadelphia. And his next major match is on the Saudi Arabia show. I was told it's not Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens, even though both have teased it. And based on build, one would expect those two matches at some point. As of right now, Roman Reigns will not be working Extreme Rules, but will be on the next Saudi show whenever that does take place. 
I, usually the Saudi shows are late October, early November. So maybe the 29th or the 5th. Just spitballing. I don't think they've had a date for that. It's probably going to be like a crown jewel show. So we'll see how that goes. But we're not getting another title change. Or not title change, but title match. Big world title match for at least two months. Unfortunately. And it's not Kevin Owens. And it's not Seth Rollins. The two guys that you would believe would be next in line for that belt. Seth got a big win over Riddle. And then said, I'm looking for bigger and higher things. Maybe now that's just a U.S. title. And Kevin Owens keeps saying, hey, Roman, he's ducking me. Roman, I would have been the champion if it was just you versus me and no Heyman and Jay and this and that. So, so Owens is going hard on wanting Roman in the belt. He's not getting that match anytime soon. But with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up here for, well, the wrap-up. Of course, tonight does go. We do have Friday Night Smackdown. And so far, at the time of this recording or when we started, I can double-check if anything new has been announced. Three things. Yes, only three things have been announced for tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. First off, we do know that Braun Strowman will be on the show tonight. Braun Strowman will become an official member of the Smackdown roster and listed on the babyface side. We also have a six-man tag team match as the Street Profits We'll be teaming up with Hit Row to take on the team of Maximum Male Models and Los Lothario. And finally, WWE has announced a five-woman number one contenders match. It is elimination, elimination match with Ronda Rousey, Natalia, Sonya Deville, Lacey Evans, and Zia Lee to determine the next challenger for Liv Morgan and the SmackDown Women's Championship. You know, if Rousey's in this match... I expect it just to be Rousey. Like, why would you put Rousey in the number one contenders match if Rousey's not going to become the new number one contender? Now, unless maybe, and I'm spitballing an idea, Charlotte Flair returns, attacks Ronda, and gets her eliminated, then I can see. But if there's none of that to build like Ronda versus Charlotte or something, or maybe even Ronda versus Shayna, they teased, then Ronda's probably winning. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you if you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. Or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we will be back live tonight right here on Twitch and then the replay on YouTube for Friday Night Smackdown. Have a great night, guys, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one.